if you're an investor and you're looking further ahead, then renovation is inevitable and you, you'll have to do something about the building and bring it up to level A at least. At times, we can't supply enough power to all these electrified buildings. So by just doing the one thing, any investor knows this, it's a huge risk. Hi there, and welcome to the podcast No Stone Unturned from Sevels. In this podcast, we will talk about the trends and developments in Dutch real estate, from hotels to offices and from retail to logistics. I am Charlotte Harmsen, and in this last episode of the season, we're going to dive into the world of ESG. More specifically, how a change in rules for energy labels will affect the Dutch office market. Of course, ESG is one of the most important topics of today's real estate world. And we also see this expressed in client surveys. And therefore, I've invited my colleagues, ESG advisors Iris Kempers and Bart Oosterhuis, to discuss the most pressing themes of today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. The European Union wants to achieve a zero emission and fully decarbonize building stock by 2050 as part of the Green Deal. Um, Iris, why is this so important? So we all know that climate change is caused by um, greenhouse gas emissions. And we want to reduce those. And the the goal of the Paris Agreement is really to, to set a first step in that way and specifically aimed at CO2 emissions, which are the most abundant greenhouse gas emissions in the atmosphere. Um, we know that 38% of global real uh, global uh, carbon emissions is caused are caused by the real estate industry. So that's why we feel obliged, if not responsible, to do something about it. And how can we achieve this? Um, there's numerous ways to achieve this. The focus on energy is one that we see a lot. So we want to drive down the the level of energy that we need, our our demand for energy. And we also want to find greener ways to generate energy. Uh, we now use fossil fuels a lot. We need to change that into a more sustainable type of energy. But other types of greenhouse gas reductions could come from, for example, investing in nature. The UN has estimated that about a third of the greenhouse gas emissions reductions that we could do could come from nature, bolstering nature's natural potential of acting as a greenhouse gas sink. So is that, for instance, regenerative farming or what should I think about? It could be something as small as integrating biophilic design in our real estate. So green roofs, green facades, maybe a park in front of buildings, small strips of greenery around could really have a great impact on other things related to climate change as well, such as heat stress. And if we look at, uh, you said that one of the biggest topics in, in the Green Deal is how to reduce the demand for energy and also energy uh, efficient use, of course. Um, and energy labels are, of course, a part of this uh, uh, driver. Um, and this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the changes in how energy labels are Um, measured in the Netherlands because we think it's important for our international listeners to understand that something is going to to change. Uh, can you tell me a little bit, uh, Bart, uh, what is going to change exactly? Uh, so the the biggest change mainly is that the, all the A plus and until five plus is removed, um, and that the buildings that currently label G, F, and 
part of labels E for offices uh, will all be within label G from now on. Uh, and those have to be phased out by 2027. So that is a very big change. And what do you mean by phased out? The the buildings that have that label need to be renovated by then or upgraded. Exactly. Uh, they're not going to phase out the labels, but uh, the stock that has that label. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. they, they have to renovate and upgrade the, the buildings by then. And by 2030, all labels with label F, which is uh, current label E uh, approximately, will also have to be phased out. And do you know why this is happening? Because, of course, we're all getting used to the fact that we have an energy label C uh, obligation in the Netherlands since uh, 1st of January this year. Uh, we've spent a lot of time informing our clients on that in the past years and informing the real estate industry by sort of research and, 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 and thought leadership. And now uh, we're going to yeah, change this all around and have new labels and maybe what's a label... A plus now will be a label B uh, after afterwards. Why? It's mainly to get all nations across Europe to have the same aligned. Yeah, to have them aligned and to have them at the same uh, method of doing the energy labels, because now, right now we use a different method than, for example, Germany or France, which is for international investors pretty complicated. Uh, and the European U Union has a wish to align all the labels and all the methods uh, and so that it is for everyone clear. This is about energy labels. Of course, we also have like sustainability certificates. Um, if you were to acquire now as an, as an investor a BREEAM certified uh, building, would you be sort of considered safe? Uh, would that help in terms of um, the, the quality of, of your building, the attractiveness? Sadly, my expectation is not. That it, that it will not be that much of a difference. Uh, so 22% of a BREEAM certificate is an EPC label. So mm -hmm. if, if you have the maximum score. 22% of the BREEAM certificate is the energy label. Yeah, at maximum. So if you have the maximum amount of points, you can get yeah. 22%. Yeah. But that is already quite quite stringent, quite a high standard. So you your office can maximum, maximum use 40 kilowatt hours uh, per square meter which is, I think, aligned with the current label A4+, A5+. So I don't think you're safe in that sense because you don't know how much of your label consists of uh, your energy label. The part of the, the your, your certificate that's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how much of your BREEAM certificate is actually made up of your um, energy label. So you can score quite well on all different points and still have a low label. Um, you would only miss 22% of the points. You're not safe, but it does give you an idea of where the building stands as it is now. And uh, Iris, I want to talk a little bit about if we're going to phase out those bottom labels, then what kind of alterations, renovations are necessary uh, when, a, when an office building falls back in the energy label? So let's start with the most abundant type of real estate that we deal with, namely offices. We've seen that changing your um, energy from great types of energy, so from fossil fuels to green energy, can already make a very big difference. Now, in the Netherlands, we've changed from just looking at the energy demand to looking at all three aspects of energy demand. So the, the demand itself, the percentage of green energy that you generate or the percentage of um, good solid energy, so it could be generated by yourself or could be bought, and the the efficiency of your installations. 
these three are then the obvious way to start. So look at the type of heaters that you have. If they are old fashioned, if they have a low energy label, change that, renovate that. If um, you're still buying in grey energy, buy greening energy. Maybe look into planting solar panels on the roof. Um, and then for the overall energy demand, it's really a question of insulation, replacing your windows, um, insulating your walls, all sorts of things that can really, really make a difference. Um, the thing here is to keep to keep in mind, I guess, is that a lot of people, a lot of our clients weren't really prepared for this type of change because it's something that's not talked about a lot, I think, Um because we have just adjusted to the idea of, okay, I have to get a C label for my office and now everything's changing again and shifting again. And I haven't seen any letters from governmental bodies saying, well, we're actually going to adjust that C legislation type thing. You said, uh, let's start with offices. It's also uh, um, yeah, one of our expertises, of course, but a very important part of the commercial real estate sector, sector that we're active in is uh, logistics, of course. And um, uh, I know that the energy labels in the Netherlands are calculated uh, a bit different for logistics. Um, yeah, so people don't know this. I found that I get that question a lot. Um, in the UK, for example, when you ask for an EPC label for a logistics building, you get it for the whole building. The, the office part, which is usually a very, very small part of it. And then the bigger shed, we call them, yeah. um, attached to it, which actually stores everything or, or acts as the logistics center. In the Netherlands, when we get an EPC label for a logistics center, it's usually, well, no, it's always uh, just about the office part. So the big shed next to it is not certified, is not calculated through. We don't know about it. Um, which is a very big difference and which sometimes throws investors for a loop because they need to report on certain items in their portfolio. And especially if you have logistics buildings, this can make your life a lot more difficult. I think interesting to know for our listeners, because um, if you might be originated in the UK, you might think that if you see a label in an investment memorandum, that it's about the entire asset. Well, actually, it is only about the... Um yeah, and, and up until we see the new EPBD legislation in effect. Um, the same can be said for Germany because they do a very different calculation as well. Um, it's much more strict in Germany. If we have um, a certain EPC rating of 0.88 here, you might get a B label here or a C label, probably a C label. But in Germany, you would get like an E or an F maybe. And also a question that, I, that pops into my mind is, At the moment, there are no energy label requirements for logistics. There is for offices. Not yes. That. Will that change in the, in the future? Is there any news on that? So my prediction, but this is just a prediction because I haven't seen any pieces to support it. My prediction is that in 2025, when all governments across the world have to um, announce their new goals to gain Paris proof, to on the road to Paris proof, they will, the Dutch government will include either logistics or a, a different type of commercial real estate in the um, mandated EPC labels. I think so. Might also be retail or... Uh... Could also be retail, could be hotels, could be different types of things. Um, my expectation that is 
that it will be logistics because we already see that those are relatively new buildings in the Netherlands and that they are um, supported by, for example, BREEAM certificates. So people have more know-how on how these operate and what the sustainability of it could be. So the adjustment might be less, but still... Yeah, but that's the newer stock, right? The new developments, the XXL uh, boxes. But of course, there's a wide range of industrial space in the Netherlands that's uh, older stock uh, and and less uh, sustainable at the moment. So if if that would fall under, you know, it would be logistics and industrial, then that would would be a big challenge for the market. Bart and Iris, I also want to talk to you a little bit about your personal challenges in the world of ESG. Of course, you you both look at uh, the issues that our clients are facing and that we are facing as Savills in the Netherlands as a company. Um, But you have a very different background because Iris, you... uh, uh, well. You can say it yourself, but what your background is. (laughs) I'm a biologist slash ecologist who graduated on natural resource management. And you, Bart? I have a background in public administration, so I'm mainly focused on policy and politics. About this topic, which is sort of the topic of today, the, uh, the changing energy labels. The first time that you caught up on it or you discussed it were there any sort of differences in uh in views on this topic so some of the things that we have different knowledge on i should say because we 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 hardly differ in thinking that we should go left or right is i might know more about the type of installations and the type of alterations that are needed to to gain a certain epc label and then bart knows more about which type of label that you would need to achieve. And if um, I were to be a fly on the wall in one of your sort of weekly brainstorms or whatever, then apart from the topic today of the the energy label, what would be sort of your trend to watch or your ESG theme to watch? So for me, it's about biophilic design. It's not very surprising coming from a biologist, but I've seen a real effort in the last, I think, five years popping up slowly and now becoming more and more, uh, coming more to the front of business where we want to develop buildings with some type of greenery around it, in it, on the roof, whichever. We've seen the negative effects of climate change coming into our urban environments and, you know, heat stress is a big thing. Drainage during peak precipitation is a big thing. And adding natural elements to your building can help out with both. There's some great examples of really biophilic buildings in the Netherlands. Um, Wonderwoods is one. Um, there's different types. Um, and I think that that is a trend to definitely watch because I think it might even become the new norm. Yeah, and uh, I've also had a, a passion for uh, biomimicry and biophilic design, as you know. Uh, and I think also, of course, there are some great examples on a larger scale, but I would also really advise our listeners to look to smaller projects because sometimes a, a smaller uh, project like a, a school or a, a, a one residential building, uh, they have uh, you know fewer stakeholders and they can go a bit further. So really dive into the Netherlands and, and try to find some really um, front-running architects or uh, I, f- I found some really cool examples which I can think, okay, let's scale that up, you know, and let's learn from that in uh, commercial real estate. Yeah, and that's also the thing about it. It's really scalable. You can do it on a really small footprint. 
It's not, you don't have to do a full building straight away. You can adapt and learn in, in small steps. And for you? It's a very good question. Um, I think EU taxonomy is one of the topics I really look into um, because we see it from clients being more more of a topic. It's really current. Uh, and I'm very interested in how that is going to play out in, in the long term. Um, but just policy in general, I think, is very interesting because even though you can dislike it, if you want to reach the goals, we, we need the policy. We need to give the, the people that are slacking uh, just that push to make them renovate their buildings and to make them move forward. Um, so poli- The late adapters will also have to adapt at some point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they have to, to save comply. our planet. It's just a small... Uh... And, and the goal is not different. So 2050 is pretty clear what we have to do by then. Uh, just the way that you get there, that is still a bit vague, so to say. Um, but I think if you just aim, like Iris said earlier, if you aim at the 2050 zero emission, uh, you're good. And do you believe the real estate industry in the Netherlands, the built environment in the Netherlands, can get there by 2050? I think it's important that at least we strive for it. Uh, it's going to be very, very difficult because about 85% of the buildings that are currently here are still there uh, in 2050. That means that we have to renovate many, many buildings Uh, to get them to a new standard and not for every building it is going to be possible because some buildings are too old business case cannot be exactly uh, business case cannot be made um so it is going to be a challenge a very hard challenge but i i have to at least try to get us there i actually don't think so no Um, let's just say, I think... You you don't strike me as the pessimistic uh, biologist, Iris. I'm not, I'm not pessimistic. I just think that, um, for one, the 2050 goal of being carbon neutral um, is is good. I think that the goal in the end, the, the, the dot on the horizon is really good and we should strive to try and get there. I just think that... Um, the current scope that we have is too narrow to get there. I think if we just focus on energy demand, if we just focus on the things that people can't do anymore, um, we see that there's currently already such a a preference towards electrification in, for example, the South Axis, the Central Business District in Amsterdam, that at times we can't supply enough power to all these electrified buildings. So by just doing the one thing, any investor knows this, it's a huge risk just doing, putting all your eggs in one basket. And I think that that will also um, mean that we won't be able to necessarily achieve that goal in 2050. There is still a lot of room to broaden that scope and to do it differently but the way that it's currently being supported or the lack of support currently is really a big, big issue there. Yeah, I think, you know, it's very much focused on driving down energy demand and driving down energy use, which is a good thing. Nobody uh, argues with that. But it's also what can we do more, maybe, instead of what can we do less. And also, if you want everyone to use electrical Power, vehicles, and, vehicles, yeah. whatever. You have to adjust the net. You have to do something about it. Um, there's different types of 
well, we're very entrepreneurial in the Netherlands. A lot of our investors or a lot of the developers want to do things differently and want to try out different things and won't get a permit for it because it doesn't align with the way that the government thinks it should happen, um, which means that we we lack a lot of insights and there is... A yeah, we talked about this last season, uh, you know, with... Um uh, interspace that they're trying to build like a, a very a energy uh, efficient building which can actually supply energy back to the net but exactly. that's not possible they're not allowed to no because of legislation so that's things that should sort of in policy or in legislation maybe be we should definitely broaden that scope and not just about energy we should look way more into uh, embodied carbon into building materials into biophilic design into using water more in a in a a passive regulating way um we should just do a lot more about different i call it ecosystem services but different types of passive services that for example nature provides us that we could definitely put into effect more and that could really help us out i think though we will see that in in the years after 2030 because right now you have to start somewhere and you see that people are just trying to start somewhere and uh, i think at some point they will see okay well we're leveling off we need to do something new and then they'll broaden the scope um and i hope that is sooner rather than later <laughs> uh, but i do we all I, I do agree with you that we have to broaden it to in order to reach it but i i believe that that will happen over time circling back to the main topic of today the epbd um a label, sort of unified European energy labeling. Uh, if I were to ask you uh, one sort of practical uh, advice to investors taking in mind th this upcoming change in the Netherlands, what would that be? Look at your portfolio and filter out all the A-labeled buildings. See what you need to do to keep From it. From A to A++++? Plus 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 or yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so A or above. Um those are quite safe, so you can keep those. Everything below it, really look into how you're going to adjust, what could be done, um, what did they look like, except for monumental buildings, of course. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, if I were to respond to that, uh, maybe don't think you're safe because you just made the 1st of January label C obligation. Exactly, and think, oh, don't no, think you're now safe. a couple of years where I can rest and maybe go on holiday. You know, keep looking at your portfolio and see where there's room for uh, for improvements. Yes, and, and also don't think that you can um, sell them off because we've seen that as a big trend as well, where where usually people were looking into being compliant or wanting to take on an extra cost. We now see that uh, having sustainable values or sustainable characteristics to your building can really add value and can really affect the marketability. So you don't want to be behind on that either. And for you, your point of advice to investors uh, listening? Yeah, broaden the horizon. So um, look at 2050, use this 2030 mark, 2033 mark as a as a benchmark, so to say, uh, as a guideline, uh, but don't stop looking there. So see where you have to go and how that adds up in your multi-year planning um, in order to get your buildings where they are supposed to be. Uh, and I'm also really, uh, stop selling off the problem to someone else because that doesn't help in total. 
Take your responsibility. Thank you so much, Iris and Bart, our ESG advisors of Sevels in the Netherlands. Yeah, there's a lot of change in the next year, so keep your eye out for policy, but keep your eye open to to other solutions as well, and make sure that you're more of a front runner than a follower, because legislation and policy might change, and what might be compliant now might not be compliant tomorrow. This was sadly already the final episode of this season of No Stone Unturned from Savills. I hope you enjoyed the series and that you gained more insight into the trends and developments in the Dutch market. If you have any questions on any of the discussed topics, please don't hesitate to contact me or any of the Savills agents. Subscribe to this podcast if you want to be the first to hear it when there will be a new series. And of course, give us a rating in your favorite podcast app. 